Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Today we're discussing page 10 of Alien Hunger, and I am excited about today. Now yesterday was just a spoilers day, so we talked about a random vampire discipline, which did turn out to be an extremely random vampire discipline, Bardo, the discipline of, let's not even talk about the children of Osiris. We have too much to do today, because after the book does its spoiler business on the previous page, it gets into some very important subheadings of the introduction, talking about some key stuff about this adventure, including a project we get to take on today. We're going to meet a new vampire today, our own creation, who is going to see us through this adventure. But first, let's get started with theme. Very serious, very literary. Quote, the truism that the only constant is change does not, at first glance, seem to hold true for the undead. Immortal beings who rarely need to fear death. Citation needed. Many vampires quickly fall into a stasis where their actions become as unvarying and predictable as the unchanging length of their hair. More hair talk. I mean, that's the only way to explain it. Vampires quickly fall into a stasis where their habits become as permanent and intractable as their voluminous pubes. How else can you explain it? Quote, however, the stability is no more permanent than the calm before a storm. Victims of a faltering humanity and possessors of a ravenous beast, vampires will one night find themselves in the midst of horrendous change of incredible power, no matter what their hopes. Most have at least been warned that this might happen. But the neonates in this story have no one to tell them about the dangers their new form brings with it. When they find themselves suddenly able to throw cars around, they may revel in their transformation. The requirements of their murderous thirst, however, will quickly show them the downside of this new shape. Thus, the dangers of change are the primary themes of Alien Hunger. Yes, change is bad. The big takeaway from Alien Hunger. It's extremely relatable. Almost seems like becoming the living dead is overkill for this theme. Like if I became a vampire and somebody was like, you have joined the ranks of the dead. You have changed from a living, breathing and I'd be like, oh, no, I can stop you right there. Something changed. I already hate it. That's that's fine. You want me to be upset? I'm upset. But it's not enough in a vampire game to have themes. We must also have mood. I'm not going to read extensively from this one, but the mood is a sense of loss, culture shock as the characters enter into the, the realm of the undead, and uh, an exciting feeling of beginning to build a life as this undead monster, even as you lose the remnants of your human life. It's like when you unexpectedly lose your job, but then after you're done crying, you're like, actually, this is a really good opportunity to play all of the Mega Mans in order the way I've always wanted to. So that stuff's important. Mood, theme. We now move on to a section that takes the whole second column of this page, customizing the story. Quote, for many players, one of the funnest parts of storytelling is the creation of their own unique characters. While this story was created to be used with the pre-generated characters, there is no reason the players could not make up their own. This is exactly what we're going to do. As we sort of follow our vampire protagonists through the story of Alien Hunger, we are going to be talking about the pregens because there are little bits of fiction about them. There are little bits in the text about what different pregens might be able to do in a given situation. We definitely want to keep all that stuff. But why not throw into the mix 
an OC. Why not throw in an original character? Because one of the things that this jumpstart adventure is meant to do is to be able to incorporate original characters who are created using basically the normal early edition vampire the masquerade process, which is wild. I'm so excited about this. I love making vampire characters. But before we do that, we have to talk about the restrictions that do apply. First of all, there's a bit here. Um, very minor spoilers. We are going to at least briefly encounter the player characters before they are vampires. So you have the option. You can either make your character as just a human and then add their disciplines, their vampire powers afterward after they become vampires. Or you can just create the whole character with disciplines and then just like pinky swear not to use them during the first scene because you're not technically a vampire yet. Just because I think it's going to be more fun to listen to, I'm going to do the former. I'm going to create a character today who is going to be our like vampire OC as we go through this adventure, but I'm not going to give them their vampire stuff yet. We'll figure that out when they actually become a vampire. It does say, though, that I can save freebie points to spend on disciplines, and I am going to do that. If I end up getting a good mix of disciplines from whatever clan I end up being a part of, then I want to have as much flexibility as possible to get those cool discipline powers. So I, I am going to end up saving a lot of my freebie points for that. Here are some guidelines for creating the character. Quote, during character generation, it is useful if some connection can be made between the characters. The connection can be quite distant, but some contact will be useful. Also, try to arrange for all of the characters to be linked to each other character somehow, even if it is only second or third hand. Speaking of spoilers, there's also another directive to connect the character that you make to other people, but we don't know about those other people yet, so we'll skip that. I'll, I'll take care of it, but I'm not going to let you in on it at this stage. Finally, some mechanical stuff. Quote, since this is a startup scenario, the characters are also restricted in their purchase of backgrounds. They may not have a score in herd, generation, or status. Uh, these are specifically vampiric backgrounds. So like there's the background resources, which is just about having money, which humans are allowed to do, I've heard. Or there's allies, that's having friends. Reports suggest that many humans are also good at that. Herd is people who want to have their blood sucked by you, or at least are kind of like hapless and you can easily feed on them. If you have a cult, if you have like goth club regulars who like to do blood stuff, whatever it is, that's your herd. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't have them before you drink blood. I mean, I guess you could be a hobbyist or whatever, but probably your your various uh, partners would not appreciate the escalation. Like, you know how I like to like cut you with a little razor sometimes, like lick the blood off of your chest uh what if tonight we did that only like to the tune of three pints would that be okay uh generation is basically like how powerful a vampire you are what your what your vampire pedigree is like and then status is your vampire reputation which you don't have at the beginning of play so can't take any of those also can't take the mentor background because that would represent a powerful vampire who's taken an interest in you it says you can take it but if you take it then you can't have it during this story you can take it and then by the end of the story, you will have met a vampire who can be your mentor. So, okay, that's all I need to know. Other than that, it is standard Vampire the Masquerade first edition character creation. So I'm going to go make a character. Then I will come back and we'll talk about why this option is the dumbest thing on this page. Okay, I'm back and I'm very excited about this character. Now, I can't give you all the details yet because he is connected to the pregens so that he fits into the party. But I'll just kind of give you like a player's perspective on how I made this character, who I wanted to play in my first ever Vampire the Masquerade campaign, right? Like within the hypothetical, because this is a jumpstart adventure. So 
I'm coming in from D&D and my thought was like, who do I want to play? There's so many options. I could be uh, a child whose innocence is being shattered by this dark world. I could be a cruel villain with a heart of gold who's going to be like turned around over the course of the campaign. I could be a great beauty plucked from life to undeath before my time by a vampire who covets the blush of youth in my cheeks. But ultimately, I decided on a multi-class fighter rogue. It's just that I think in the life of a vampire, the key thing I'm going to need to be able to do is fight and then also like find traps, climb walls, all of that stuff. The rest is going to sort itself out. I've got forever. I've got a lot of leverage on working out the other things in my existence. If I can just sword fight the people I need to sword fight, sneak in the places I need to sneak into, steal the things I need to steal, find the traps I need to find, then I'm going to survive. I'm going to loot the bodies of more powerful vampires and other supernatural beings. If I diligently pursue the path of the multi-class fighter slash rogue, all of these other things will be added unto me. So I wanted to do that. I also wanted to have a name that kind of reflects the fantasy vibe. And I did look them up to make sure these were real English names. Fortunately, English names are silly. And so my character is Sir Allnut Bloodworth. That's A-L-L-N-U-T. B-L-O-O-D-W-O-R-T-H. And don't forget the sir at the front. He is a knight of the realm. He is he is an actual knight. Now we could jump right into assigning dots to things at this stage uh, if we were heathens, if we were Philistines. But Vampire the Masquerade custom is to start with nature and demeanor. Demeanor, what is the mask? Who do you seem to be? Nature, who are you deep inside? Your dark and gritty core. Now, for demeanor, this is very easy for Sir Allnut Bloodworth. There is a demeanor called Cavalier. Quote, you are as bold, intrepid, valiant, and fearless as you need to be to complete your duty. You are the hero who strives to uphold your ideals and sense of justice. By protecting that which is good, you seek to preserve the society that made you what you are. So that's perfect. I am a knight, an actual knight. I'm a fighter slash rogue in a world of darkness. I'm out there swinging swords at things, finding and sneaking through the layers of evil beings to loot them and also bring them to justice. I mean, I fight monsters. I am a monster also, but I fight monsters. So I think that the presentation is cavalier. As for nature, like inside, what drives the character? Let's go Let's go a layer deeper into the fighter slash rogue. Let's psychoanalyze him a little bit, you know? Are you a fighter slash rogue or are you a rogue slash fighter? Oh, I guess I'm really more of a rogue slash fighter. Oh, is that so? Is that you talking or is that your mother talking? Let's, let's dig in. I think for nature, I'm going to go with traditionalist. Quote, You are orthodox, conservative, and traditional. While you welcome some innovations, in general you are opposed to change for the sake of change. What point is there in that, after all? You may be a miser, a collector, a reactionary, or an old fogey. You want to conserve as much as possible and strive to always preserve the status quo. I think Sir Allnut Bloodworth, in whatever he does, he is implicitly part of the old guard. He likes doing things the old way. Anything happening nowadays as he would put it, trash. It was always done better by people who are dead or very old now, and he's trying to go back to that. Now we can talk about dots. Primary attributes, physical, obviously. That's where dexterity is. You need that to be a fighter and a rogue. I ended up with strength three, dexterity four, stamina three. Two is average in the system, so I'm physically above average all around, but I'm especially coordinated and agile. Secondary attributes, mental. The mental attributes are perception, intelligence, and wits. I need a little bit of wits for my initiative roles, 
No use having a big old sword if you never get to swing it. So wits two, average wits. Intelligence, one dot. Dump it. Don't need it. What I do need is perception at five to find those traps. And I know what you're saying. Chris, this isn't Dungeons and Dragons. It's Vampire the Masquerade. Yes, it's early edition Vampire the Masquerade. There are traps, and I'm going to find them. Third, tertiary attributes, social, charisma, manipulation, appearance. Charisma, don't need it. Manipulation, don't need it. Appearance, don't need it, but these are all fun dots. I don't need these for work. It's just what do I want to be? Do I want to be likable? Do I want to be manipulative? Or do I want to be hot? Obviously, I want to be hot. Manipulation is right out. It's just a choice between charisma and appearance. Both of them are going to draw people to you. The question is, once they get to you, are they going to want to be your friends or just people that you fuck? Both will satisfy your basic human need for connection. The difference is, at some point, I'm going to feel like I've got enough friends. On to abilities. So these are skills, talents, and knowledges. Primary for this character, skills. Because it occurred to me at this stage, I think I want this character to be some kind of a performer. And that started to shape my sense of the character. So they obviously got to have the fighter skills, got to have the rogue skills. Also have to have the skills you would expect from a knight, a sir. Also some skills to sort of justify the performance background that would get somebody knighted. So I've got animal kin, one dot. I have writing three, so I'm, I'm quite good at horseback riding because I decided I do want to have and ride a horse. Etiquette, one dot, just enough to get by, not embarrass myself in front of other knights. Firearms, three, naturally I have a sniper rifle. I prefer to use a sword, but you know what? It's the 20th century. I'm fighting vampires and werewolves and God knows what. So I've got my sword, but also in the trunk of my car or the trunk of my horse, I have a sniper rifle that I can assemble. So firearms, three for that. Melee, three, good with a sword. Security two, got to be able to disable those traps. What's the point of finding traps if you can't disable them? I mean, sure, I could like herd a bunch of pigs into them, make the pig set off the traps. That's a classic D&D move, but I've only got animal can one. It's not enough to convince a pig to commit suicide by trap. So I need security skills to disable traps. And then stealth two, because I do need to be able to sneak. Secondary category, talents. Acting one dot. Is this an actor? And can I justify a character who is... An actor who was so famous or successful in some way that he was knighted, but he only has one dot of acting. Yes, I definitely can. Um, I think maybe he had like one famous role. Maybe he did a very particular style of acting. Maybe he's been involved in putting on like very traditional uh, Shakespeare or Marlowe plays. So his style of acting is stiff, old timey, but somebody out there just was a fan of that and he really can carry it off. So acting one dot. Alertness two dots, because look, acting is acting. Art, okay, performance, fine. But mainly, you got to find those traps. Otherwise, they're going to take out the wizard. Then who's going to buff you? This is not my first rodeo. I understand how this works. Party dynamics. Athletics two, got to be able to climb and jump and stuff. That's right in the sweet spot. That's the overlap between fighter and rogue. Climb stuff, jump over stuff. Brawl, two dots, got to be able to wrestle people a little bit so I can bite them. Dodge, one dot, just so I can get out of the way of guns. I, I would like to kill people with swords. This is just like, let me survive gunfire long enough to get up and kill somebody with a sword. Streetwise, one dot, I am a rogue. I have to be able to talk to the local criminal element, despite my exalted status in society, and be like, pardon me, hast thou molly, art thou holding? That's one dot of streetwise. 
Finally, knowledges. Wish I didn't have to take them at all. This is a character who has no use for knowledges. I did take three dots of investigation just because there might be a kind of trap or clue that you got to find with investigation. And then I put the other two dots into linguistics because this seems like an old timey dude who would like want to know some Latin, maybe want to know some Greek or some French. Oh, you know what? I bet he knows old English. I bet he's fluent in old English. This brings us to backgrounds because we're skipping disciplines. Disciplines come later when this character becomes a vampire. Backgrounds. Fame one dot. Beloved stage actor from a decade or two ago. Most people are not going to recognize him, but it's like a small group of people will know him. Also, resources four, which I'm going to add a freebie point to bring it up to resources five. Look, it's only it's only five points. You can get it with your starting allotment of backgrounds. Why would you not take resources five? I'm I'm a member of the jet set. I'm a multimillionaire. I'm flying around the world. I can have whatever I want. I can stay very comfortable and very solvent spending $30,000 a month. And those are $1991. Get ready to get depressed about inflation. That is the equivalent of $67,332 in 2023. So I've got a mansion. I got a swimming pool. I got a private jet. And in addition to whatever property I have on hand, luxuries I already have ready to go, I have like almost $70,000 a month just to play around with. This may have had something to do with why I was knighted. Possibly. I think it was talent, but there could be other theories. Virtues, conscience, one dot. The reason is because this is going to result in a starting humanity of five, which is the level of humanity where you're kind of sort of worried about killing people, but you're not letting it ruin your day. Uh, That's the right level of humanity. Why bother starting higher? Self-control, four. Courage, five. That gives me a starting humanity of five, a starting willpower of five. And that does it. Sir Allnut Bloodworth will be added to the friend group who will become vampire protagonists in Alien Hunger, the dumbest thing on this page. Vampire character creation is real fucking weird. If you spend your freebie points in the right place, you can have world-class skill in all kinds of bizarre shit right at character creation. You can be, as Sir Allnut Bloodworth is, a multimillionaire which totally changes the dynamics of the game. You could be world famous. You could be as famous as the Pope if you want with your starting background allotment changes things quite a bit. You start with a really low willpower because character creation is all fucked up and you're expected to spend a bunch of your freebie points on bringing your willpower up to where it should be. I did not do this. We'll be talking about this again soon. It is absolutely true that part of the fun of playing vampire is creating characters. Creating Sir Allnut Bloodworth, for example, was a blast. For this adventure, being what it is, you're going to see this is a story that is very deeply bound to a particular place. Like you could move where it takes place maybe, but you can't change the fact that wherever it's set, it is very much in that place. The story is about what happens there. And if you go out of bounds, you kind of leave the story. Likewise, if your situation is drastically different from the situation of the pregens, I think you're going to tend to fall out of the story. And there's every possibility in vampire character creation to create characters who are wildly inappropriate for this adventure. I don't know that I've done that with Sir Allnut Bloodworth. I think I've taken a little bit of a middle path there, uh, as a child of Osiris might say. We'll see how it goes, especially once he becomes a vampire. And that's going to be a whole other added element to like potentially disrupting this story. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think if they were going to allow original characters, probably there should have been a little more guidance about what works and what doesn't in the context of this adventure. Um, Ideally, a way to introduce an outsider that is a little more formulaic and sort of forces them to connect to the player character group instead of just like relying on new players to invent ways 
for their weird ass character to be connected to the pregens because that's only going to go so far. Like if you're playing a character with extreme backgrounds, extreme skills from a whole different area and culture in the world, however connected you are to these pregens, your presence is going to change the shape of the story. And I think more advice on that would have been helpful. However, I can't begrudge this page. It's dumb thing. It's lack of guidance because it allowed me to create Sir Allnut Bloodworth, who's a wonderful character. I'm really going to enjoy playing a stuffy traditionalist. He can throw down, he can sneak around, and his name sounds like a cryptic aphorism. All nut, blood worth. With our original character taken care of, our pregens in place, we have our characters. Now we need a setting. And goddamn, are we about to get it. Join me tomorrow as we find out exactly where in the world of darkness this story takes place on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time. <laughs>